last week we drew to a close our look at the theme of love. And we landed in this place, didn't we, where we talked about how actually if we want to be people who choose to love and are loving in our daily lives, then, then what it looks like is to be uniquely you with Jesus shining through you. Or we, we looked at that phrase that we'd, we've used so much in the living room, um, that it's about being who Jesus would be if he was you. And actually that phrase to me is fantastic because it shows me that I'm enough, that I'm okay, that if I can be me, but be who Jesus would be with my opportunities, with my skills, my abilities, my personality, then it shows me that I have the potential to be everything that God is calling me to be. So I thought we would go on a bit of a journey together over these next, uh, I think it's something like six or seven weeks. Um, About two years ago, just over two years ago, we looked at that very phrase, discipleship is becoming who Jesus would be if he was you. And we went on a journey to look at our identity, because if that is true, if discipleship is becoming who Jesus would be if he was you, then we need to know who we are. I don't know about you, but identity is a subject that is often talked about, like with teenagers and that kind of stuff, loads, because we want to help people form their identity. But what we found when we spent um, six or seven weeks looking at it before is that we rarely talk about identity as adults. And there's a problem with that, because when we begin to go through what makes up our identity, we realise that so much of our life experience as fully grown adults, and I suppose so much of that experience will shape who we become, will change our identity, will shape who we are, and will define us. So... Just after we finished that that series two years ago, um, one of the guys in the living room turned around and said, I think we need to do this again in the future. As more people kind of connect with us and join in with what we're doing, this feels like it's a core thing that really um, defines who we are as a group of people. So I felt like after mentioning that, that phrase last week, discipleship is becoming who Jesus would be if he was you. I felt like it'd be a great opportunity for us to start back on that journey of saying, okay, let's look at who we are. Let's look at our identity. So I've gone back through and I've revisited my notes and I'm calling this next series Identity 2.0 because we've learned loads since uh, we did this the first time. I want to be able to refresh it. Um, But I really hope that as we go through this, it will help each of us, probably all at different stages of our lives, be able to look back on the different things that have shaped us as human beings uh, and really help us to understand who we are um, and why we are the way we are, but also bring in this amazing message of hope that sits in the middle of that saying, if God can get into different layers of our identity and begin to infiltrate them and shape them and heal them, restore them, whatever it might be that needs to happen, then we can truly be who Jesus would be if he was us. So what we're going to do over the next six or seven weeks is break our identity down into what I like to describe as layers. So almost like layers of an onion. If you've seen the film Shrek, you'll know what I mean. Um, But we are complex humans. We have layers. We have things that people see on the outer layers, um, things that some people may know. But then also there's this core of us that maybe is quite hidden from other people. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to peel back the layers, starting with the top ones that people will see, and then we'll go all the way down to what we would describe as the core. So I want to quickly describe to you what the path of what we're going to do is. Um, so we're starting off with what I describe as the public layers, the things that people will see. And the first week we'll be looking at layer one, which is preference, perception and comparison. So our likes and dislikes, the things that people will instantly know about us the first time that they see us, the things that we present to other people in order to form an identity that they can um, be greeted with, I suppose, in a lot of ways. So that's layer one, the most outer layer that everyone will see. Then we'll move down to layer two, which is things like passion, skills and opportunities. So once people meet us and get to know us, maybe they see beneath the first layer and begin to see the kind of stuff that we're passionate about, that we're skilled in, uh, and the kind of uh, opportunities that that brings for us. The third layer uh, in the public kind of part of it is character. When people meet us, they will get a gist of what kind of person we are, our character. So we want to look at the importance of character and maybe uh, look at how that can be shaped and developed for us as individuals. So those first three layers we describe as public and it's because they can be seen. But beneath that, we begin to get a little bit more complex, but there's still more layers to, to who we are. And I'm describing this next block of layers as our history. So it's the things that have happened in our lives that have shaped us in a way to make us who we are now. And they're made up of three main things. So layer four, we're going to look at thorns. Okay, we're going to look at things that have happened in our lives that have maybe been tricky, maybe mistakes that we've made, uh, problems that we've had. Um, and, and that we get the sense that thorns can be something that can, can harm us, can hurt us, can be painful to revisit. We're going to look at those kind of things and how they've shaped us uh, and who we are today. And obviously, once again, the kind of thing where we can invite God into that stuff and maybe he can help us deal with some of those things. Beneath that, layer five, so even deeper down, we're going to look at scars. So the things that have happened in our lives that have really um, harmed us maybe or have, have been a painful, um, a painful experience to go through or painful circumstances to go through that have left scars that maybe for some of us we've hidden from anyone knowing about. Uh, but actually those things have a massive effect on who we are and completely shape our identity, whether people see that or not. And then the sixth layer, so that the final part of the history section, is, um, <clears throat> is all about formation. It's all about thinking about how have you um, learnt and developed as life has gone on? What is it you were told as a child about how the world worked or who you were that have actually shaped your perspective and your thinking about how you need to move forward as an individual? That stuff is massive. We're going to look at some, some, uh, some psychology to do with uh, what happens when children uh, are at that, de that developmental age, when they're trying to learn so many core things about, about, human, uh, about humanity and about what makes us who we are. Um, and we're going to try and piece that together and maybe that'll give us an insight into some of the things that have maybe shaped our thoughts, our perspectives um, and our opinions. Then beneath that is the final layer we're going to look at, which we're describing as the core. Um, and I suppose this is the foundational um, part of who we are, the thing that informs um, kind of our core beliefs and our foundations. Obviously, what we want to be able to look at 
is if God is at the core of our lives, then there's potential um, for us to use that as a solid, strong foundation to be able to work from uh, and move forward from. Uh, but it's not always that simple. So when we get to that, we'll kind of look at all of the layers that are stacked up on top and maybe kind of try and, um, I suppose, try and orient ourselves to be people who really do put God at the centre of our lives and allow that to be uh, the beginning for everything that we do moving forward. So that's what we're going to look at. It sounds a little bit complex, but as we go through each week, I think it's, it should be really exciting. When we did it before, it was one of the most brilliant things we did because different layers will, will really resonate with different people. And there'll be different things that have happened in people's lives that make them really stop and think and go, man, I've shut God out of that part of my life. But actually, if I could invite him into that, then there's a potential for me to feel so much better moving forward. And that's ultimately what we want to be able to do, support each other and I suppose inspire and encourage each other uh, to be everything that we could be. And sometimes we look at this stuff and go, do you know what, I'm not sure there's, there's, there's necessarily a massive problem. And it's not always that it feels like there's a problem, but do you know what, sometimes when we don't get this stuff right, when we don't kind of get God in the right place in our lives, we can find that there is a bit of a void that, that maybe we are kind of subconsciously aware of or, or maybe completely aware of in the way that we work. Um, when I led uh, the Alpha course for a few years, um, they used to share two quotes in the, the early weeks, uh, one from Prince Charles and one from a guy called Bernard Levin. I'm going to read those to you now because it talks about this void um, and it's kind of quite helpful uh, for us when we're at the beginning of this uh, Identity 2.0 series to be able to, to work out why this is important. Prince Charles says this, For all the advantages of science, there remains deep in the soul a persistent and unconscious anxiety that something is missing. Bernard Levin, who's a, 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 a British journalist and author, he wrote this, Countries like ours are full of people who have all the material comforts they desire, together with such non-material blessings as a happy family, and yet lead lives of quiet and at times noisy desperation, understanding nothing but the fact that there is a hole inside them. And however much food and drink they pour into it, however many motor cars and television sets they stuff it with, however many well-balanced children and loyal friends they parade around the edges of it, it aches. And for me, when I think about identity, both of those statements really ring true. That sometimes we can look at people who appear to have everything together, appear to have everything that you would ever want in life, but yet there still seems to be this void. And I suppose that's why if we can get God in the right place and allow him to shape us completely, all layers that make us up, then there's a potential for us to, to find that deep sense of contentment in life and be strengthened in the way that we move forward. That question, uh, who am I, is quite a, a major one for us to consider. I suppose in times like this, in lockdown, when we're forced to... Um, to reflect on loads of different things and maybe things are uncertain. Who am I can be quite a difficult question. There's three main avenues that people go down when they ask themselves that question, who am I? The first one is people will often default to say, I am what I do 
the things that I do, the things that I, I achieve, how successful I am or, or my failures, those are the things that make up who I am. The second uh, uh, direction people go is they say stuff like, I am what other people say about me. So people's opinions, people's perspectives of you is what forms your identity. That can be both positive and negative. It can be uh, rewarding, but also quite cruel at different times. And the third thing people will say is, I am what I have. So people look at things like possessions, family, um, education, uh, people's health. We can lose these things and then our identity suffers. And that's the challenge. And all of those, those three different options feel, um, I don't know, quite, quite unsteady for us to rely on. And most of our energy goes into that kind of way of thinking. And as a result, what happens is we experience this massive roller coaster of emotions because we're constantly jumping between success and failure, people's opinions of us, whether that's positive or negative, or whether we're managing to acquire things or, or lose things. Those things mean it's quite a shaky journey with working out who we are. But actually, when we think about God and what God wants to say to us, it suddenly becomes a lot more simple. And when we can rely on who he, kind of who he is and what he thinks of us, it can change everything. Because what God thinks of us is this. You are a beloved child of God. Which means, in effect, that you are someone, your identity is you are someone who is loved by God. That makes up who you are. And when we can accept this and live in the truth of that in our lives then we can allow God to shape each and every layer. He's got the opportunity to, to, to nudge different things, to help us, to challenge us, to, to identify things in our lives that need to be addressed and worked on. And then he'll carefully help us on that journey. And if we invite him into those elements then it's possible for those things, maybe the things that we've kept hidden from others or things we've kept hidden from him and locked away in, in a dark cupboard. If we invite him in, he can restore those things. And then those things have the possibility to define us in a positive way, rather than be things that when everyone mentions them, they feel like they solely represent pain or guilt or shame or damage or destruction. God has this amazing ability to redeem and restore all of those things. And when I think about us kind of reaching and exceeding our potential, then those are the kind of things that actually need to be dealt with um, and addressed and, and journeyed through with God in order for us to be, to be kind of everything that we could possibly be. It's a great verse um, in Isaiah, uh, God speaking to Jacob. Um, over, over Israel. Um, it's Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 4. And this is what God says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. And that is the truth for us. And that is what I want us to be um, thinking about as we move forward. 
that actually, even in uncertain times, to know that God is with us, that he's by our side, that he's not going to leave us, means that whatever happens, that, that we can kind of rest assured that he is with us, that he's not going to abandon us and leave us. St. Augustine wrote this simple prayer, and I love it. It says this, Lord, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. God is the source for all good things. And maybe for some of us, we need to hear that at the minute. That that restlessness sometimes, that void, that hole that we can sometimes feel in our lives, that sense of discontentment, actually, when we can find our home back with God, then maybe that's where we'll find true peace and rest and contentment. So over these next seven weeks, we're going to go on a journey together. One that helps us understand what makes us who we are, what we can work on and how we can become who Jesus would be if he was us. The foundation that we get from understanding that we are first and foremost a child of God is the strongest foundation we could ever hope for. We need to remember that we belong to him. For me, I find that a massive assurance when I'm wondering what's going on. Maybe I'm doubting myself. Maybe I'm feeling overwhelmed. When I remember that I am a beloved child of God, that I'm loved by God, that I belong to him. That's the kind of truth I need to lean on. And that's the foundation of of what we're going to look at as we move forward. So we'll start with layer one next week, um, which is, let me remind you, uh, preference, perception and comparison. Um, And uh, yeah, this is going to be a good journey. It's going to be an exciting one. And my prayer is that each of us will really be impacted. Father God, thank you that we have the potential to be who Jesus would be if he was us. And I pray, God, as we begin this journey of looking at our identity, pray that you will be so close as we look at subjects that maybe are quite raw and quite difficult for us to uh, for us to open up god i pray that we would know your peace and your comfort and god i pray that you would uh, enable us to invite you into stuff and for you to begin reshaping remolding and redeeming parts of our lives that maybe um have been pretty um, we've we've distanced you from God, we want to be people who fulfill our potential. And actually to do that, we need you kind of shaping us and being right by our side. So God, I pray you'd help us to be brave. You need help us on that journey. Amen. So that's it for this week. I hope you have a fantastic time. Let's hope the weather improves because it is so much harder being in lockdown when uh, it's so miserable outside. So um, let us know if you need anything and hope you have a brilliant week and we look forward to seeing you next week. Take care.